Officerprivacy.com, the company's officers trust with their online privacy. And now, here they are, the Badge Boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Badge Boys, a show where two retired cops talk to the community. I'm retired Crime Stopper Sergeant Darren Birch. I'm retired Phoenix Police Officer Jason Shackley. And we have another really good show for you. We have a dear friend. He's been on the show probably three times Uh Officer Sean Reeve, founder, CEO, and president of Put on the Cape, a foundation of hope. A wonderful, wonderful organization that helps children of sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and neglect. And he did this all on his, from the goodness of his heart. And he is a self-admitted comic book geek. <laughs> so he's going to join us on the show. Uh, great guy. Uh, both uh, Jason and I know him and just absolutely love him. Love him. Uh, then in Cop Talk, we're going to talk, go into a, a, a set, very, very, very tragic, sad topic of the Chicago police officer that lost their life. Uh, we're going to hear uh, the officer down radio communication. It's, it's sad, so I do want to caution our listening audience. It could trigger uh, some PTSI. Um, it, it is sad. And then we're going to talk about some good news. We're going to talk about Andrew Cuomo going away. Long overdue. And then in the last segment, we're going to have a more loony laws. We're going to have heroic headlines and Jason's always inspirational closing message. So stay tuned, stay informed, and most of all, you're going to be entertained after this message from our sponsor, OfficerPrivacy.com. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a special deal for listeners of this podcast. This is a great deal. Go to officerprivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top three sites that are showing your home address, phone number, and more. Sign up at officerprivacy.com forward slash BB. You can also follow the link on our show notes. During these challenging days, we not only need to remember our many fallen heroes for their ultimate sacrifice, but also honor them so their families know we've not forgotten. And that's what the Arizona Fallen Hero Memorial Riders Organization is all about. Each year, the nonprofit organizes three memorial rides among the beautiful backdrop of North, South, and Central Arizona, with the proceeds going to the 100 Club of Arizona. Learn more about these fun rides and how you can honor all of Arizona's fallen heroes at ArizonaFallenHeroesMemorialRiders.org. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. You know, I'm so glad in studio is uh, Officer Sean Reeve, a detective, excuse me, Sean Reeve, who uh, has been on our show several times. We're going to talk to him about his wonderful, wonderful uh, Put on the Cape uh, Foundation. It's just truly remarkable what he has done. Uh, and not single-handedly, but, as a huge but, uh, he started this uh, from an incident that he's going to describe. I don't want to take any thunder from it. It's just beautiful. Before we talk about that, we are going to talk about uh, officer privacy, uh, something that uh, is near and dear to uh, Sean, Robin, and my heart. Uh, he now has a book, an e-book, as they call it, The Internet Stole Your Privacy. It's time to take it back. Uh, 25 Rarely Used Privacy Tricks. Uh, you can get it at www.officerprivacy.com you can go to uh, officerprivacy.com forward slash bb or badge boys uh, you get a gift uh, you can get this ebook regardless this is even a solicitation or a sales pitch this is just something he, he does uh, Pete James because he just truly cares about officers and it's Robin always always it's not just about police officers. Exactly right. And, and, and Jason, <laughs> I see you laughing out there, but you knew she was going to interrupt me. You knew because she's, she's spot on. Yes, she's spot on. I did. Anybody can use this. I mean, real estate agents, people like myself who are radio people or authors, people who are in the public eye, 
And not just that, but we talked about it not long ago, even in the dating world, online Especially dating. Especially in a dating Dude, world. Yeah, that is scary. I see so many horror stories. That's why I don't date. I stay single for a reason, because it is scary out there in the dating world, and you just don't know who can get your information by doing a Google search or anything else. And then the doxing. You end up having a bad date, whatever that is. <laughs> what uh, definition that is every lady out there knows uh, guys know too <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden you're being doxxed they're, they're messing with you because your information is on the internet so go to officerprivacy.com get it off there you will sleep better and you'll have a sense of security but for you police officers god it's a no-brainer it really is and for your organizations for your unions for departments you need to protect your men and women out there you really do because they have their name on their their um, uniform they're out there they're doing everything right you need to do what's right and also protect them so officerprivacy.com bb and you can get a gift and a a month off the uh, the price i think yeah. it's great you need that service guys protect yourself you know i and I, I i say this with all sincerity and jason you back me on this brother it's always nice when we have someone in studio that we can talk to we can feed off them we can see their expressions they can actually get the joke and we can you know <laughs> but we know it's not jason today let's just say i'm, jason. Not, I'm not i'm not there and i miss it very much but i always prefer obviously in person the interactions and again most people can't see our interactions but we have so much fun and we have the facial connections and the the, the smiles and the laughter and when you're just connected the way we always are with our guests, especially today. I mean, I love that you brought Sean back on. Uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world. He got a pretty special award at one point that I'm very proud of, but he is uh, absolutely one of my favorite people. I'm excited to hear from him again. If that wasn't exciting enough, we have his beautiful wife with us. She is Facebook living right as we speak. Um, this is going to be a very special episode. Uh, well, awesome. Dan, I got to ask. Please. If we have his wife, Melissa, in the studio, why are we even talking to Sean? Oh, it's it's a, a fair point. Yeah. It's a fair point. But uh, it's because of his foundation. I'll be honest. It's his foundation. Oh, okay. so it wasn't the children, Jason. <laughs> it's, it's for the kids. For the kids. That's right. That's, right. Uh, that's a good reason. Uh, Sean Reavy is the founder, CEO, and president of the board of directors of Put on the Cape, a foundation for hope. A 15-year law enforcement veteran, he's investigated crimes against children for six of those years with more than 1,500 cases investigated during that time with hundreds of arrests. Sean was named the State of Arizona Police Officer of the Year on two occasions, 2010 and again 2018. The 2010 award was named for former Phoenix Police Officer our very own Jason Sheckley, and was presented by Jason. Uh, Sean earned uh, his department's prestigious Distinguished Service Award on two occasions in 2016-2019. Uh, Sean earned the City's Employee Excellence Award, top 1% of employee achievement in 2018. In 2015, Sean, a lifelong comic book nerd, self-admitted, self <laughs> uh, was interviewing a child suffering from profound abuse. The child was terrified, and Sean could not get him to open up which is paramount to get that disclosure uh, until we start talking about superheroes. The child transformed instantly before his very eyes. He started flying around the room and talking about his favorite comic books and the Avengers. Uh, Sean realized superheroes overcame adversity and tragedy in their lives. And when they became heroes, they used their powers to help others who needed them. Sean created a promotion called Superhero September asking the community to donate superhero-themed toys and clothing to give to the children at his advocacy center. And that was the origin story to put on the Cape, a foundation for hope. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about, Sean, but I don't want to take thunder away from what you're going to talk about because I want to hear about that first day. But uh, for those who haven't listened to our previous shows, don't know anything about you, a little about your background uh, from a small uh, community. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Mike. Hometown was so small, we don't have traffic lights. <laughs> 2,000 year-round residents, my high school at 250, or my school system had 250 kids in it. It's, you know, being a little skinny nerd with glasses and pimples, I didn't have a lot of friends. I know this is probably shocking, got bullied a little bit. And I found solace in comic books, Spider-Man being the, the number one. And I would just sit in my closet at home with a pile of, of Spider-Man books pretending I was Peter Parker because he was a skinny, pimply, picked-on teenager. And I carried that with me throughout my whole life, and then the superhero movies came, um, and, and that was a dream come true. 
But at the age of 40, I've always had this want to be a police officer. And uh, life changed for me drastically back in 2006. And I found out about Arizona. They were hiring anybody who could fog a mirror. You know, <laughs> it was like, come on out. And no age requirement or anything. And I came out at the age of 40, was graduated from a law enforcement academy. And I six years on the street, six years in child crimes, uh, two more on the street. And I just started as a school resource officer this week. You know, that's a tough gig. I did child crimes as well, and I could not stay as long as you did. It really takes a lot out of you, those children. It just, it just it breaks your heart. Yeah, and I stayed long, too long. I did, and uh, it really got to me. And I started uh, empathetically taking too much in and not being able to offload any of that. And it was difficult. And um, there's only so many, you know, beaten, raped, and burned little kids some who die, uh, that you can deal with before you need to shut yourself down and do another part of law enforcement, which is what I did. But for that assignment, however, none of this would have happened. And your, your huge heart and your beautiful comic book nerd. Tell us about that moment that I kind of alluded to. Well, I was interviewing a nine-year-old who, uh, unfortunately for me, he was profoundly abused by a man my size. You know, and you know, I'm 6'2", 220 pounds, and it's hard to make yourself small. And he was, you know, his arms were around his knees. He wouldn't talk. He wouldn't make eye contact. And, you know, we can't fit fish. We can't ask a direct question. Hey, I hear your Uncle Tommy did that. We can't say it. They have to tell us what happened to them. And he wouldn't even look at me. And running out of options, I just drew back to my time as a nine-year-old, picked on and beaten up and scared of life. And how I changed when I opened up a Spider-Man, I just went, who's your favorite superhero? He jumped out of the chair. He threw his arms and said, Iron Man. I was like, where'd this kid come from? Who is this? And he started running around the room and doing the repulsor blast. And I told him about Spider-Man. And now he didn't see a big, scary man in front of him. He saw a fellow comic book nerd. Love it. And I simply said, hey, buddy, thanks so much for telling me that. But I heard something might have happened to you. And he said, yes. And I asked him to tell me, and he did. Love that story. But the, the crux of the whole thing is on the way out, I was you know, visually scanning the toy room at the advocacy center when there was footballs and basketballs. There's no budget for things like superhero action figures. And mostly things are, are given to They're us. They're given to yeah. us. And I, I wanted to give him a superhero action figure so he could take that moment of empowerment out the door with him because he came there terrified. He left so happy to talk about Iron Man and, and the Avengers. So I immediately went to my sergeant, Tim Shea, uh, who just retired, and I told him what I wanted to do. I said, I want to do a fundraiser to get action figures and T-shirts here. He loved it. And that's how this started. As September 1st, 2015 was our first event. I love it. Tim Shea was actually my replacement when I left. Job really? He was yeah, my yeah, surgeon. Small world. That's and then we had you come on to uh, our radio show called Five O Info. Where I remember. You talked about that. And that was like literally the first time you talked about yeah. you, this September. Yeah. Superhero Ta- September at... Uh, it was supposed to be a one-time deal. Yeah. And two things happened there, too. It's amazing how things build upon themselves. Yes, they do. During the super main event, which wasn't open to the public, it was on the street in front of the advocacy center at 6 in the morning on a Thursday. Mandy Faust, my lieutenant, said, that's great, but I need you off the street by 730. <laughs> so you know, not much was expected. Sure. And we had a, a biblical monsoon the night before, and all the radio stations canceled, or the TV stations canceled, except TV3. And they showed up, did three live remotes, one of which was seen by uh, Jennifer Trevor in Target in South Mountain. She called looking for me saying, I'll give you a $250 gift card if you come here and shop for those kids at my store. Well, at that same event, Plea Charities, uh, Ken Crane, his first day as president, and Frank Marino gave me $500. I was like, ooh, that's $750. Because I can add, see. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, how cool is this? But it would be way cooler if I took superheroes to Target and let them shop for this. And that's what started the superhero shopping sprees that we do four now every year. That last year we, we spent over $20,000 of sponsorship money and we support eight child crisis centers in Arizona. And they came with us, shopped off their wish list, and took it with them in a van. And let's talk about what this has morphed into, other than the incredible success, and monetarily speaking, and sponsors. But what it is that you do now, because you even have a catchphrase. Uh, that's been trademarked. Talk about that. <laughs> well, there, co- the cosplay community are those who dress in just movie quality costumes. They are the ones that accompany me to the events and do the shopping. And people come to see them. I kind of hide. 
They're the eye candy. They are the eye candy, and they're wonderful people. And Volunteering their time. And what I wanted to do when I incorporated, put on the Cape of Foundation for Hope in 2019, I wanted to change two genres. I wanted to change charity and cosplay. So I combined the two and called it cosplay, which a lot of people did. But I ran it through a trademark search engine, and nobody had trademarked it. And I did. I trademarked cosplay, and now that's allowing me to open up branches nationally. We open up Michigan in June. We're having three events in Michigan for Superhero September. So we'll be doing events simultaneously around the country, and we'll be in five other states um, at the end of the year with these professional costumed actors and actresses who, very important, they're level one fingerprint cleared, and they must take adverse childhood experience training to work events through Darren, my foundation. Yes. I, w- I want to interject because Please. I don't want this to get lost in the conversation, but Sean said something in the very beginning that has stuck with me this whole time, that what you first responders see when you go out there, it's not a pretty sight. Sometimes you see very badly abused children. Sometimes you see dead children. And to carry that with you is a very difficult thing. I mean, we all go through things in life, but as a first responder, whether you're a police officer, a fireman, or anyone that has to work the front line, seeing that, you carry that with you. So I imagine that doing this with the children is probably very cathartic for you, Sean. That's the word I use, yeah. And and what, what's even more amazing is I, I joke that I'm just a shy, humble country boy. I had a good idea, but an idea can only work if people who believe in you grab a hold of it. And I've been so lucky. I, I really have. You know, yourself and Jason and, you know, I have board of directors, Kay Royal and PJ Hook and Danielle Gilmore and, and Nate LaFon and Casey and, and Jamie Mullins and Matt. Uh, they run, I have a whole separate part that runs the cosplay group. I, I sit as president of the board and I create a mess because I'm always doing things. <laughs> and I get a call from Kay. You're the idea yeah. man. I get a call from Kay. You can't do that. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay. But... <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> it's a bit, ask Tim Shea about that. He uh, asks for pr- forgiveness and not permission is kind of what I do. Exactly. Yeah, I can't you get, get through things life done. doing that. You get but, things done. But you're right. And the thing with me is I put the bad guy away. I was able to extract a disclosure from a critically abused child. But at the end of the day, what did I do for that little boy or girl? Nothing. I did something for society and gave closure to the parents. But there's the same frightened terrified little boy or girl that came to see me is still leaving that way and we only have a window and during that window they got an action figure or a t-shirt a barbie doll princess you know tiara to leave with so they could be a little kid again because get right down to it somebody stole their right to be a child innocence innocence gone and my whole thing is if we can touch one person one family change the mindset of one child we have spared generations this kind of treatment and abuse because it's so cyclical. People think I was, I was explaining to a mom what we're going to do with their child. And she says, Oh, I know I was here when I was a kid. And that's what we're trying to, we're trying to uplift and educate people. If they see me holding, you know, posters of abused kids, they're going to run. They see Superman and Batman. They're coming over to talk to us. And then we tell them why we're doing it. You know, the idea of a child and I can visualize it, having unfortunately done cases there at the Family Advocacy Center and so forth, and you see these children, they come in, they're just, they're scared because we've taken them out of, even though that was a hostile, harmful, sexually disgusting environment, now they're in a scary, unknown environment. Very much so. And when you go down their level and you talk about superheroes you told me a story one time about this little girl putting on a cape oh god that was please share with us that was after the the end of 2015 when i was wondering did i do anything did i make a difference um she came from another county who wanted to use their center because we were the best um we're the big dog we were and she was so precious but she was so afraid she was hiding under the furniture in the lobby we couldn't even get her into the playroom and I asked the attendant in the playroom, do we have any capes left? And she said, well, actually, I think we have a pink Barbie cape and a cowl like a Batgirl. I said, get it. So we finally got her in there, and she went and ran in a corner away from all the other kids. The, the attendant put this on this little girl, put the cape and the cowl on. She jumped up, put her hands in the air, and started running toward the other kids and said, I'm a superhero, and I'm going to save all of Aww. you. 
it, everyone in there broke down crying. And it hit me, this is going to work. This, this is something. It's so simple. Because we overcomplicate stuff because we're smarter than kids, right? No, we're not. <laughs> we're adults. <laughs> it's a very simple process. It's like you and I go into the mall and seeing a fat guy in a bad red suit. But to that child, that's Santa, Santa Claus, Claus, man. <laughs> when they see my Batman and my Superman and my Black Widow and Supergirl, not only are they movie quality, they know how to treat and speak to little kids. And they run to them as if they just jumped off the page of a comic book. And the change is profound. Even adults want pictures. And that's the whole concept of what we're doing. And no one on my board takes a salary. Everyone's a volunteer. We raise money, and it goes where we say it goes. It's, it's heartfelt. It's genuine. You know, I can't help but think in terms of there's a lot of police officers that listen to our show. And if you're in a, um, you know, burglary or, gosh, some, you know, auto theft, it's a different type of investigation with child crimes. Judicially speaking, it's recognized we need to connect with that child we're able to give them a teddy bear we're able to give them something just to connect so they they can open up but with that comes the horror of understanding that little child's world we can't just stay in cop mode we have to be advocates as well as investigators and you've taken that to such a beautiful level Uh, the advocacy aspect of investigations is just so profound it truly is and the, the greatest thing ever is i am now supporting eight different child crisis centers in Arizona. Um, and we not were, just Arizona. Just Arizona. We have three in Michigan. There you go. And it's going up. But, you know, Chandler, Gilbert, uh, Salt River, Scottsdale, Glendale, Southwest Family, which is Avondale, Buckeye, Goodyear, and MCSO. Surprise. And we fill their closets to the point they have to build bigger rooms. And that's just cool. <laughs> you know? I, it's got to be, in, like you said, you have a huge heart, but you also have huge I hate to use the word ambition, but it's ambition for such a beautiful cause. Are you getting calls from other states wanting to incorporate, or are there like-type organizations out there that seeing what you've done and mirroring it? Because, you know, yes. why inv- reinvent the wheel? Absolutely. Talk about that. Um, Seamus Smith and Katie Whitaker are my Michigan team. They run the League of Enchantment. Um, they do all the hero appearances in the state of the Michigan. There are 100 cosplayers drawn. And Seamus started cosplaying for a very specific reason, and it wasn't about him. And Katie was this, she's Wonder Woman. She's, you know, almost six feet tall. Perfect Wonder Woman. He's Batman. And uh, we met. You had me at Wonder Woman. Yeah. And we met a couple years ago and and we shook hands and just said, let's take this to to Michigan. And so Seamus and Katie are my national directors of expansion. Seamus is in contact with Texas and and Illinois and Washington State and Utah. And we're working on going there because we've developed a training. That we're gonna, it's gonna be the template nationally. We're gonna train everybody the same way. And at some point, we're, my goal is to be the largest foundation of it and charity of its kind. I love this. With that in mind, what is a good contact information for any state out there, anyone listening, any detective, any sponsors? Yes. If you could talk there, and then if you could segue into your wonderful sponsors. Yeah, and uh, Sean at putonthecape.org, that's S E A N, send me an email. Um, we have a huge golf tournament upcoming at the Legacy on September 25th. We need whole sponsors. We need an award sponsor. My dear friend Mike Hayes, uh, Dr. Bill Ellery is the sponsor of Nexus Spine and Rehab. And that's our biggest fundraiser. So we need help there. We've already sold, more, we already have more golfers than we did last year at this point. And it's Love not, it. till, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And Jason, I think you play golf, right? I have been known to play golf a time or two, yes, sir. Well, how about that? I think I'll send you a link with uh, maybe a hero uh, discount for you to come out. I, and- I Listen, hey, I don't want a discount, buddy. I would love to join you and uh, support you in any way I can. Uh, I think that's a good day for me, September 25th. So It would mean the world to me. If you get him... If you get him to wear a cape, please take photos. Oh, there'll be pictures. We've already talked about Deadpool, right? We've already yes, gone down that Deadpool. road. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Robin says I'm Deadpool, and you know what? I would be fine with helping you out in that regard, except if you've seen Deadpool, there are parts of it that aren't exactly child friendly with some of the things he yeah. says. But also, I don't want to scare anybody. But I could do that part of it. I will be at your golf tournament. You send me a link. I'll do, I'll do anything. Buddy, I'll do anything to support Outstanding. you. And, and you have the F-bombs down, buddy. You have those however, F-bombs down. Yeah, that's a great segue because well, I, I, I work I, with... I would refrain from those. <laughs> I work with a great cosplayer who's... His name is Deadpool Cameo, and he's the anti-Deadpool. He is about healing and love and cancer awareness. Ah. He, he does hospital visits around the valley um, for kids. He has comic books he gives away. He's about education, again, getting all the bad things. He teaches anti-bullying in schools, 
wonderful part of our foundation as a as a collaborator and uh there you go he's about six foot three so hey i I gotta bring in that there's some people listening that may be not combo geeks like Myself really? as well. Who I know. Believe it or not, they're out there. <laughs> I need but everybody knows, everybody knows Batman and Wonder Woman. Everybody knows Batman When we talk about cosplay, uh, there's t- two types. There's cos as in costume play, the um, comic cons and so forth. But what you've done is had brilliantly trademarked cos as in C-A-U-S-E play because it's about a cause. Absolutely. Having said all that, I can't imagine that Comic Cons, I know that's a specific, you know, San Diego venue, but other cosplay um, venues across the country have uh, contacted you. What's your relationship with those individuals? Well, what I do is, is Nate Lafond is the head of the director, Casey Simmons, his, uh, his significant other. They're the directors of our cosplay group. And uh, I just turn them right on to Nate. Nate takes care of them. They give them the packet of what we do. They sign off on it. There's a 10-point process that you say yes to before you'll be considered. Then we get your background check, fingerprinted, and you're on your way. I love it. Uh, one more time in regards to a location, the location where you're going to be for this golf tournament, because I know during the COVID times we've had you on the show and you had to reinvent yourself. Oh, we had to overnight. reinvent ourselves. We did so much stuff, but we're going to be at the Legacy Golf Resort um, in South Phoenix. And then we have three superhero shopping sprees, our seventh at Target at South Mountain. Um, that's sponsored by uh, Plea Charities. And then we're going to this, the Five Below Superstore, the brand new one on Happy Valley Parkway. Um, that's sponsored by Valley Spinal Care. That's going to support the Glendale Family Advocacy Center. Um, the Target one's going to support Scottsdale and Chandler. And then a third one that our foundation sponsoring because we need a sponsor for that one if anyone's interested. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. And that's going to support um, a lot of different centers. We're just going to divvy it up. And uh, Southwest Family is going to have that one because they have five departments there. And it's, they're fun. The superhero shop with the wish list, the, the centers come and they take it right back to, to their advocacy center with and, them. And when you're talking about the advocacy centers, these are multidisciplinary um, locations where you have the doctors, you have the nurses, you have the police. Uh, talk about how important this is to them. I can't imagine them not wanting to hug you. And <laughs> it's, it's touching because they don't have budgets for these no. things. And they also don't have budgets for trainings. So I flooded them with so many in-kind donations. Now I just give them cash so they can train themselves to be better. I had one of the child crimes detectives come up to me at the 5K with tears in his eyes. He goes, dude, we look at, I mean, we all, you do what we all wish we could. We're always wanting to do more for these kids, but don't know how. He goes, what, what you're doing is incredible. It humbles me, yeah. you know, because it's not for me and about me. It's about doing more as we all should for our children. Because what society is 20 years from now is what childhood they had. Yeah. Literally our future. And it doesn't take much. A $5 action figure. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. You know, and you you go to our website, putonthecape.org. There's a donate button on there. You can donate any amount of money, and it goes right to these kids. All of our events are on the website. Upper right, just click more, upcoming events, and you can see where they are. You can come and shop. You can bring gift cards. And, man, it's fun. I love it. It's I fun. Love it. Superhero September 7. 7. Is that something? It is something. It's just way cool. <laughs> yeah, it's way cool. And it's just a, an honor and a privilege to work with so many wonderful people. I, I had the idea. People have embraced it and helped me with it. You know, I can't do anything without a team around me, and I love them all. Just like investigations. No investigation is, is I, is oh, we. I really and do. what you've done team. is, you know, you took the helm, but you have a team of superheroes behind you. I do, and I'm... I'm the luckiest man in the world. And looking at your wife, I would have to agree. Uh, <laughs> any last words? Because I know, uh, you know, again, Jason, you presented this uh, hero that's sitting to my left with that award. Uh, any words, my friend? Well, I got very lucky back then that I just had the opportunity to be in the right place at the right time and was blessed with being associated with this award. But he was nominated by uh, secretly by some of his friends, some of his peers who knew the scope of what he was doing. And yeah, it's a huge honor to be able to say that he received that award and I, I got you know, to be a small part of just him being recognized. And I know he was humbled by it. He did not need that award, but uh, Sean, I can't thank you enough because my motto every day, and I'll say it at the close, I mean, you've already uh, solidified uh, what I'm going to say at the end of the show today, but you know, I live every day with uh, just one simple goal, and that's just let's leave today 
better than we found it because not only do you help other people, but selfishly, I mean, it helps you recover and overcome your obstacles, but you were so right in how cyclical this is. Nobody, nobody truly helped you when you were young, overcome some of your bullying and some other things you found it within yourself, what worked for you, but now what you are doing, the children that you're affecting, imagine when they grow up and they become parents or they become teachers or they become advocates for other people. And that kind of cycle does build and build. And you end up not just leaving the day better than you found it, you end up leaving the world better than you found it long after you, me, Darren, Robin, all of us are, are gone and whatever little legacy we left behind, yours is going to be huge, my friend. And I just deeply, deeply appreciate what you're doing and for your service with the the department uh, for all these years. I'm just, I'm so glad that you, you took the job. Thank you, Jason. That means so much. You're a hero to me. And thank you so much for joining us again. Oh. And please come back, come back. But there's only one caveat. You have to bring your wife. Copy that. Okay. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. We'll be right back. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. I'm Pete James, a retired law enforcement officer who has a passion for the safety and security of those in the profession. OfficerPrivacy.com offers a full range of privacy services that removes your personal information from the internet so you and your family can feel safe and secure in your home. OfficerPrivacy.com will keep you safe. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. Welcome back to Badge Boys, everybody. Darren, as always, uh, another great job on our guests. I love talking to Sean. He just just fills my heart. It's uplifting and uh, just uh, just a wonderful guy, as, as you know. Um now we're going to transition into cop talk. It's uh, this week's a little more. I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why, but it's a little more emotional and and hard. It seems like I've been waiting. We've talked about Chicago how often over the past two years about a lot, all the a lot all the, all the crime, all the ridiculousness of it, and you know you hear things going back and forth between uh, the mayor and the. And the what's called aldermen, we don't have those in the valley where we live, but, uh, you know, they're in charge of their own wards. And, and a lot of them have stood up. Uh, they're still politicians, so, you know me, I could give two shits. But uh, some of them have said the right things. But I've always been thinking there's going to be an officer in Chicago that gets murdered. It's just in, in, inevitable and hadn't happened in a few years for a city that large and that violent. And then on August 7th, it it did happen. And the tragedy is just something that I have really had a hard time with since it came out. And when you learned about Officer Ella French, 29 years old, her baby, two months old, and she was gunned down in the line of duty by uh, you know, a complete shithead that we definitely won't mention his name. There's three people in custody, uh, two of them are brothers. And the other officer, which I'm not sure, I've been looking, and uh, I'm not sure if they want to release his name yet uh, because he's still in the hospital, but we need to not forget about him because he's still in critical condition, and he could end up succumbing to his injuries and making a second line-of-duty death, but... I'm feeling really powerful about this one, buddy. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but this one is, is like the George Floyd uh, for the good people, not just for officers, but for people living their everyday life. And you, uh, I'm not comparing them in the sense of uh, what happened to George Floyd doesn't matter. I have talked on this show at length about how devastating what happened to George Floyd was, how bad that video was, how I understand why it caused the uproar that it did. But I think now we need to take this opportunity and we need to let Ella French really be a turning point for the good that's going on in this world and the people that are trying to help others. 
every single day. This woman did not deserve to be shot and killed in the line of duty and leave behind a two-month-old baby. You know, I uh, could not agree more, and especially in regards to that, God, for lack of a better phrase, aha moment where maybe a paradigm shift, a change, and with the people that are on the fence, you know, those who are police officers out there, the men and women that are doing the job, the retirees like ourselves, uh, those who have been victimized to understand how important police are. You know, there's a lot, you know, I think there's more of us than there are of the, the, the haters, the defunders. But we've just been a lot more quiet. Um, but I think there is going to be a paradigm shift. And, and here's why. Here's an article that came out uh, in, in Chicago, WGN, huge, huge player, uh, media player in the uh, area, um, huge front page. Quote, a Chicago police officer was killed in a shooting Saturday on the city's southwest side. A second officer was injured and remains in hospital in critical condition. The superintendent of police, David Brown, and Mayor Lori, I'll call her lightweight, spoke at a press conference. And the superintendent said, quote, the Chicago Police Department has lost one of our own in an uncomprehensible act of violence. A 29-year-old female officer assigned to the community safety team was shot and killed in the line of duty Saturday night. A second officer was also shot and is in critical condition. These officers put the safety and lives of others above their own, serving with courage and honor despite knowing the cost. Please pray for the family and loved ones of the fallen officer who will now face a world without her. Please also pray for the recovery of the officer who is fighting for his life. I ask you to please hold their, their fellow officers in your thoughts as they process this heartbreaking tragedy. We will never forget the sacrifices these officers have made to protect this community, this city. We cannot forget. I will say Mayor Lori Lightweight has already forgotten, but, and this is the big but, she was also at the press conference, and she talked about their sacrifice. She talked about all the things you sh- any good mayor should. Granted, she has in the past. Granted, she's wanted to fund it. Granted, she's went on their platform and did all these ugly things. But for the purpose of, of our show, to Jason's point, she also was talking about wanting to, quote, I also want to address other issues that has been lashing our cities too long. There are some who say, you know, we don't we we handcuff police. We got to stop all this. I say, stop, just stop. This is constant strife, and I know what we need in the moment. Of course, we have to continue justice. But let me also reiterate that I have said before, and what I know to be true, even if she's making this up and it's not from the heart, it's important that she's saying this. The police are not our enemies. They are human, just as we are, flawed, just as we are, but also risking their lives every day for our safety and security. That reality became very clear last night. An emergency room amongst tears and fears from the finest and the most courageous people I'll ever know a mother lost her daughter, a brother his sister, a family forever shattered. Another continues to keep vigil at a hospital bed, sending up powerful prayers, but no doubt fearing the worst. They are hurting, understandably so. In moments like these, life gets boiled down to its basics, and it so will be for these two families. I could go on, and I'm not saying what she's saying is sincere from the heart, but what I am saying is that somebody who... Every other word was BOM. Every other word was defund. Every other word was, you know, justice. Every other word was something anti-police. Even somebody as lightweight as Lori Lightweight, Lightfoot, uh, is preaching this. And again, they do it for political reasons. Granted. They do it for their own means and own needs and own agenda. Granted. But I think it's telling that this newspaper article, which is very left, in the past has been very anti-cop, spent a lot of time talking about a beautiful um, need for the community to come together and embrace police officers. So I get it. Anyone listening is saying, F her, <laughs> I'm with you. But I think it's really powerful that, that this could be that aha moment, this paradigm shift for those who might be on the fence, for those who don't know law enforcement, good or bad. And have been hearing all the ugly stuff and all these heart that the summer of, you know, violence and rioting and protests. I'm hoping some good can come from this. Am I being way too optimistic, my friend? I don't think you're being way too optimistic at all. I, I am truly praying and hoping that this is 
the paradigm shift you talk about. And, and yes, I have no faith in uh, Lori Lightfoot. The, the things that she has said, I, am, I have no doubt that the night that Ella was murdered, somebody probably woke up the mayor and said, you have to go down there. You have to get out of bed. You have to make a statement that we prepared for you. There's nothing in her heart. Her heart is about being a racist. Her heart is about hating the police officers. And what's stunning about this is you are elected to serve your community, the community of Chicago. You are tasked with taking care of them financially and in the public safety sector in all these regards. And there are so many, there's a thousand officers gone from the Chicago PD than just three years ago through attrition, retirement, and lack of ability to hire because who the hell would want to go work in Chicago right now when that is your so-called support system? They, it's, it's not only that they don't support you, they, there's a big part of me that believes People like Mayor Lightfoot, they want these officers to get injured or killed, whereas the two shithead brothers that killed Ella, she probably is like, well, when, when are we going to let them out of jail? When, when, when can they go back home to their families? It's it, literally like living in the, in the twilight zone right now. But I do want this to stay in the news. I do want this to be talked about, and I do want all of the i'm not talking about just police officers you know we talked about this just uh last week i don't like the divisive words about blue lives matter or black lives matter or anything else human life matters we are all a part of the human race and so when i talk about this i'm talking about just simply good versus evil and as the Police force dwindles down, and you have cases like Ella where a 29-year-old mother of a two-year-old baby is getting murdered just trying to do her job and keep the streets of her community safe. You're going to have more and more violence because you're going to have less and less people willing to stand up for that violence. So I do want this to be the George Floyd moment of the good versus evil. Again, I, I want it. to stress this, not yeah. just about, not just about police, not the thin blue line, not police or blue lives matter. I'm talking about good versus evil. Yeah. And we need to see that. I love that. The winds of change. And I, I think you're hundred percent right. Everything you said about those politicians, but if it's in their best interest, because the, the majority of people, the vast majority of people are saying it's enough is enough already. We, we want to support our police. We want crime to go down. Even these horrible human beings of politicians will want to defend their careers through an agenda, even if it goes against who they are as a human being. And, Speaking of winds of change, uh, there's some change in New York. Uh, they they no longer have the same government they used to have, um, and it's interesting how Andrew Cuomo has said he's stepping down because I love this. This is they're such liars. He said he's because he wants government to go back on track, and and what's going on is 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 taken away from you know governing this the state. So you decide that now, and yet this has been going on for a year. And uh, for the last year, you didn't think you didn't care. But now you do. Uh, there's more to it. Uh, can I a lot more to it. Yeah. Can I share with you? Uh, um, I wrote an article, and it had to do with the hashtag MeToo movement way back when Weinstein and all these uh, celebrities were going about. But it's really kind of true now. And just read just a real quick blurb from it don't let their words fool you 
as these Hollywood and political heavyweights like to employ spin doctors and publicists to twist sexual acts into what's described as shameful mistakes. And the reason I refer to that is because now Cuomo is saying this was just a generational thing, and it was it's just he's from a different generation. That's a I'm, bullshit excuse. I'm from the same generation you are, you piece of shit. And I'm, I don't grab women's breasts and grab their butts. Uh, and then I continue in the, the article. There's no mistaking a pattern of sexually oppressive behavior as anything but that of sexual predator stalking his prey. And this trend of media exposure and the calling out, if you will, from the Hollywood zone, I hope is a paradigm shift in our country and that other men in position of power will start calling out these good old boys for what they are. They're predators using their clout as a weapon. Uh, how do you feel? You, you got to feel good, Jason. He's, he's gone. Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I have my, my, my biggest feeling on this is just the glaring hypocrisy again. It took this long for him to resign and those accusations were, you know, they were independently investigated. Uh, I'm sure there is some political motives behind it, just like everything in the world right now. But then he gives himself a 14 day, he gives himself a two week notice. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? When you resign, you get your ass out of office and <laughs> the next person takes over. So I think we're going to see something in the next two weeks. Either he, Either he brokered a deal to yes. end the investigation he committed by sending the elderly COVID patients into nursing homes, or he, you know, he's maybe he has these, you know, how narcissistic these politicians yes. are. That he has goals of making a return. He can now that he's quit and wasn't impeached, he can run for office again and. I mean, there's no arguing that the Cuomo family, his dad, uh, Andrew, or his dad was Mario, but Andrew Cuomo, and then, of course, you know my favorite person. Steroid boy. Steroid <laughs> boy, which I, he did something very interesting yesterday that yes. I just even, even added to my desire to just hurt this guy <laughs> as badly as I can. But I'm not so caught up in... It, it's the hypocrisy of why did it take so long when the other side, when you had people like uh, when they didn't want Aunt, uh, Brett Kavanaugh on the bench, they found one person to accuse him of something 30 years ago. And everybody on Cuomo's side just hammered Kavanaugh, tried to destroy his family, his wife, his kids. And you still notice how Cuomo's daughters are very protected which is fine, they because they have nothing to do with this. Uh, so I'm more caught up in the hypocrisy. Him resigning, I, you know me. I wish all 50 governors would quit. I wish they'd all fucking disappear. I don't care what. I don't care which side of the aisle they're on. I hate them all. So um, it'll just be interesting to see where where it goes from here. But I think we're going to hear something in the next couple of weeks that because nobody in that. Can you imagine if Richard Nixon, when he left office uh, back in 1972, the famous picture of him getting on the helicopter and and giving the peace sign? Can you imagine if he would have said, "I'm going to resign, but I'm going to give a two weeks notice"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> because I, I care about the government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the hell is that? If you are resigning, it means the lieutenant governor yes. takes over effective immediately because New York is. Uh, obviously one of the epicenters of American politics and they need somebody in charge. If he quit, he's not in charge for the next two weeks. So what are they doing? There, there's something more to it. Yeah. A lame duck governor, as they would call it. But I'm, I'm with you. There's obviously more to this. This is not the end of the story. This is one of the hopefully final chapters, but certainly not the final chapter. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're going to be right back with, uh, 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 more looting laws, uh, and I think you have a heroic uh, uh, headline for us, my friend. Oh, yes, of course. And for those who don't want to hear this Officer Downs um, from the Officer French, 
I wanted to save it to the very end of our cop talk segment so that you can just fast forward and go to the last segment after the commercial break. For those who want to hear it, it's very difficult. It's uh, approximately three and a half minutes from a 10-minute clip. Uh, but uh, I tell you, it, it does bring back horror uh, when you've lost an officer. It absolutely uh, kills me listening to it. But I do want to play it for those that want to hear it. And here it is, the 999 officer down. Inside guests and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. We both signed up for the service and are so happy with it. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a very special deal for listeners of the Badge Boys. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top 30 sites that are showing your home address, your phone number, and so much more. When you sign up now with our link, you'll get a free bonus mailed to you, plus your first month of monitoring for free. You don't have to be an officer to sign up. If you are a family member or just don't want your personal information out there on the Internet, you can join OfficerPrivacy.com. We've met the owner, had him on our show, great guy, and he will take care of you, I promise. If you care about your online privacy, and I highly recommend the service he provides, sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. During these challenging days, we not only need to remember our many fallen heroes for their ultimate sacrifice, but also honor them so their families know we've not forgotten. 
And that's what the Arizona Fallen Hero Memorial Riders Organization is all about. Each year, the nonprofit organizes three memorial rides among the beautiful backdrop of North, South, and Central Arizona, with the proceeds going to the 100 Club of Arizona. Learn more about these fun rides and how you can honor all of Arizona's fallen heroes at ArizonaFallenHeroesMemorialRiders.org. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. Welcome back to Badge Boys, everybody. That, uh, wow, I've heard uh, quite a few 999, as we call them, officer down uh, takes. But when you're in the, the moment, um, one of the things that really stuck out to me that I don't know if it's a dispatcher or one of the supervisors, but man, did he have his shit together. And I just love uh, knowing that they're, when people in that, in that chaos uh, can take care of their, the job and, and get help, help for them. But uh, that was pretty emotional to listen to and to it, knowing the outcome. So um, I'm glad we played that. I think it's important for people to hear. Uh, hopefully it did not trigger any PTSI, but um, I do think that's important to hear. So uh, powerful segment, Darren, and God bless uh, Ella French and the other officer who's hopefully going to recover, even though he'll never be okay, never be the same. Uh, praying for them both uh, very hard. And uh, with that, we will, uh, just the way we do things, we transition into uh, something uplifting and play that uh, song that will make me smile. And you can try to surprise me this week <laughs> with some of the ridiculous laws in this country. Yeah, no, there definitely are. Uh, I do have to commend you, though. Um, you're spot on, my friend. Uh, that dispatcher, uh, way uh, that dispatcher took over so quickly, uh-huh. so perfectly, even a little bit of chastise. I, I saw you laugh a little bit, and I did the same. When, you, know, uh, yeah. you do your job, I'll do mine. Exactly. Yeah, canines rolling. We don't need to, to waste a lot of time talking about things I'm already doing. You know, time is essence when those 999s, as you know, my stay friend. Stay off my channel, ex- man. You stay yeah, off stay the off air. air. I love it. Stay yeah. off my air. Yeah. I love how you did that. <laughs> yeah, because for all we know, there could be some other officer hurt that needs uh, needs to be, be heard. So, uh the dispatcher was truly, truly brilliant. Talk about uplifting. Uh, so now I will try to do the uh, <laughs> the awkward segue into Looney Laws. Uh, and I love doing Looney Laws, so I'm okay with this awkward segue because they are truly some of the most Looney Laws out there. They may have made sense, you know, when they were written long time ago, but today they're just questionable. It was just plain Looney, and they're in every state. And here's the next set of Looney Laws. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> I absolutely love that tune. What are you going to do when we run out of the 50 states? Jason's going to miss that song. I start over. I get really? to start all over again. Yes. Oh, yes. that's awesome. We're just going to start over A to that's Z. That's cool. Absolutely, girl. Uh, we are in, speaking AZ, we're in T for Texas, the big state of Texas. Uh, it is against the law for wire cutters. Get this. In, in Texas, wire cutters cannot be carried in your pocket again i say wire cutters cannot be carried in your pocket unless there's also wire in your pocket to cut i guess i don't know it makes i don't know why wire cutters can't be in your pocket burglary tools maybe there's a lot of injured penises out there i don't know i don't know wire cutters can leave an ugly mark uh not that i know but i can only imagine uh, yeah, so again, if you're in Texas, you know, keep the wire cutters out of your pocket. Okay. That would hurt to be bobbited with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not a guy, but that would hurt. Oh, yeah, it would. It would. Uh, in Utah, in Utah, alcohol may not be sold during an emergency. Again, in Utah, alcohol may not be sold during an emergency. Now, I don't understand how that makes sense unless, um, I guess, you could serve alcohol in an emergency if not having alcohol was the emergency, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. What is your how does that how is that even a thing? Uh, you know, oh, my God, we're in an emergency. Everyone put the alcohol away. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know, man. Back then, most people would say, here, have a drink. Calm down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. OK. In Vermont, 
women, only <laughs> in Vermont, women must obtain written permission from their husbands to wear false teeth. Again, I say in Vermont, women must obtain written permission from their husbands to wear false teeth. Now, I think that's because in Vermont is one of the original colonies, um, false teeth were wooden. Original false teeth were wooden, so this would be especially dangerous during certain oral procedures. You just take them out. No, it could cause splinters, you know, if you do it wrong. Yeah, yeah. If you're (laughs) gumming somebody, you're not going to cause an injury. uh, Yeah, and I I don't know. I don't know. So so, I'm still stuck on the women have to have permission from the husbands. You can kiss my ass on that one. (laughs) Well, you can't with false teeth. You can't kiss my ass with false teeth. Take them out, girl. Take them out. (laughs) And our last one is Virginia. Uh, In Virginia, no animal may be hunted on Sunday, with the exception of raccoons, which may be hunted until 2 a.m. Again, in Virginia, this is the law. No animal may be hunted on Sundays, with the exception of raccoons, which may be hunted until 2 a.m. Now, what confuses me is two points. One is, why are raccoons less important than any other animal, so you can still hunt them on on Sundays? And why at 2 a.m., which is bar close? I mean, is that because raccoons, you know, want to, you know, have sex in front of the bar. Remember that one place? Right, right. Bar closing. Raccoons want to have sex too. So so if a raccoon gets lucky at a bar at 2 a.m., don't shoot it, I guess. I don't know. You were shooting Somebody something. in Virginia must have thought raccoons are atheists or something. If they're the only animal they can get shot on Sundays. That's a... Who the hell comes I up I don't know. Yeah, raccoons are clearly not God-fearing. Clearly. Oh, <laughs> I don't Lord. know. I don't know. So that is our loony laws. And it's all you, buddy, is to give us something to inspire. Give us something heroic, my friend. The heroic headline this week is going to be uh, short and sweet and to the point. In Westminster, California, firefighters were called to the home of a 93-year-old man who was outside mowing his lawn. Dude, he's 93. Darren, I have no chance of living to be 93. This guy's out mowing his lawn. And he got into some distress that the uh, fire crew determined that he needed to be transported to the hospital. So they called the ambulance. Ambulance took him away. And instead of moving on to the next call, which a lot of times is necessary, these firefighters stayed behind, restarted his lawnmower, grabbed the brooms, grabbed the brakes, finished mowing his grass, raking his leaves, and made his yard absolutely perfect so that when he gets home from the hospital, the work is done. And that is the essence of going above and beyond the call of duty. So way to go uh, to the fire crew in Westminster, California. Can I get them to mow my lawn like that? Uh, You just want firemen. You just want the firemen. But... uh, I love yeah, it. I love it. I, I love it. it just uh, that, that, that is heroism. I mean, that is true. You, again, it's beautiful. I, I say it all Absolutely. Time. You do not have to run toward gunfire or into burning buildings. It's the simple little things that make you uh, a hero into, in our book. Into a hero in, in our book. And that's the kind of stuff I love. And, you know, the inspiration for this week, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Sean Reavy, he does. Uh, he is the definition of what I just talk about all the time, all across this country. It's the theme of my speech. It's how I want to live my life. Leave every day better than you found it. And the fact that he is, when you look at all the things that are wrong in this world, it's it's because it was cyclical. People, you know, the crazy people in the world who who hate police and and don't like our jail systems and uh, these crazy policies that are starting to come into play now that had to start years, if not decades ago, and now it's really starting to come to fruition. So when I hear somebody like Sean and how he's affecting these these young kids, and, and I know a lot of it is kids that are traumatized and they suffered 
but he is helping them in the moment. He is making sure that they will go to sleep that night with a positive feeling, but they're never going to forget what Officer Reeve did, what Officer Reeve's uh, peers and how he's expanding across this country. And I really think, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, when these kids grow up, you're going to see that it the cycle works and they're going to be better people. They're going to be better parents and they are going to keep the cycle going. So it inspires me to do even more. Uh, you don't have to do exactly what Sean's doing. You do not have to, you find what works for you. Sean was affected as a child being bullied. He loves comic books. He made some connection with kids and it, it, organically grew from there that's the beauty of it you do not have to do what somebody else is doing find what you love find what you care about and help other people in that arena and it just leaves the world better than we found it and that inspires me uh as soon as we get off this i just I, i'm determined to go do something to make this day uh better than it was when i woke up so thank you all uh very much keep saying the name Ella French. Keep looking at that picture, everybody, and keep believing that good will always triumph over evil. God bless all of you, and we will see you next week. Batch Boys. Thanks for listening to Batch Boys. <laughs> Stories, insights, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Batch Boys, heard weekly and worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks and all mobile devices. Badge Boys.